The gang stalking, psychic attacks, and narcissism are just individual legs of the greater body that is the spiritual war. In part one, they blinded my third eye to try to keep me in the dark about the other legs of their coordinated attack. In this part, two succubuses and Satan summon me to try and make a deal. So stay tuned for this gruesome affair, the journey to overcome, and the ascent of Portland Thomas. The gang stalking, psychic attacks, and narcissism all failed. Now I see it all. Part two of the four-part series, Two Succubuses and Satan Summon Me to Try and Make a Deal. Finding yourself in the talons of an owl in the shadows of the forest moonlight. It's a gruesome affair. In the coming days, I gained so much clarity. It was like the veil was gone again. I could sense human intent. It was like before, nobody could lie to me. I didn't know the truth. I just had that feeling, an intuition. I knew what their intent was in their words. I know if I stick around with the lies, I will soon figure out the truth. But now I know it's a waste of time. If the intent of someone is anything aside from honesty and mutual understanding, I am not wasting my precious time with them. On some evil ones, liars, I can see their face contort. I see the subtle and not so subtle shape-shifting. I catch the flash of their delighted smirk when they think I can't see the lie. And I know, they want to steal my time, my energy, they want to steal a piece of my soul, but they can't have it. Evil comes to you to do one thing, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am not entertaining these lying parasites. I got a lot of work to do building this kingdom. I almost want to say love and light, but at this point, I've heard so many evil ones talk about love and light that I am just sick of hearing about it. If their intentions are genuine, they could just do deeds of love and light, and there would be no need to say those words. See, the thing about the evil ones is that they want the easy solution, and the easy solution is to say that you come in love and light, and then do deeds that certainly are not love and definitely are not light, and their intentions are sourced in the hive mind of darkness. So now I know I am an eternal soul inhabiting this 3D vessel. I have vision of the spirit world, I have spiritual armor, and now I have nothing to lose. I felt the Holy Spirit. There were many lucid dreams. I would meet friends and co-workers and family members in dreams and talk to them about these things. In one dream, I saw a couple co-workers bad-mouthing me behind my back. Why do you say these things? I asked them. And in that space, they answered, It's all we can do. It's not really about you. We just need this. Can't you just let it go? I regret what I said. Well, can't you talk about someone else? Later, I realized that a better reply would have been, You can do better than this. In another dream, my sister appeared. She said, I love you. No, you don't. I said, And then she looked at me, and her face flashed that demonic contort, and she smirked. 
I was doing well professionally at this point. I was clean and sober. I stayed away from friends and family that were indulging regularly in alcohol or drugs. When I say drugs, I mean the addictive kind, not hallucinogenics, but I wasn't doing those either. The devil comes for you when you try to clean up. The day a person decides to become sober is the same day that an old friend stops by with a bottle or a bag of exactly what you like, and it's free. It's easy. It comes with comforting company. Truth is, the impulse that friend got to come with was sent from the evil hive mind. They are always watching, and they do not want you walking through that valley of the shadow of death and becoming strong, confident, focused, and sober-minded. No. They want you weak, fat, and in a confused brain fog. It takes strength to tell that friend bringing you that stuff, Hey man, it's good to see you, but I have plans tonight. And kindly say goodbye. That friend is like the trucker hitchhiker. He will not hurt you. He just sets the table to let you distract and destroy yourself. Goodbye to these so-called friends. And goodbye to the narcissist who shapeshifts and is a chameleon customized to be perfect for you. Goodbye to the perfect, implacable lover. Goodbye to the gang stalkers and Agent Smiths in disguise or not. I'd been summoned many times by angels and dark ones. The evil mind hierarchy will send its devil minions to you, to me. But in this summoning, I would meet the man himself. I suddenly got that heavy feeling. It was late on a weekday while home. I was walking down the hallway towards my bedroom to lay down. I felt so tired and so heavy. I was warm enough, so I just laid on the hallway floor. As soon as my body relaxed on that wood floor, I fell asleep and awoke in a lucid dream in a big dome-shaped space. There were two succubuses there to greet me. They were giving me all their attention and looking me up and down like I was something delicious they wished to devour. Each succubus was beautiful, but in an evil way with black lipstick, dark eyeliner accentuating their physical beauty. They were as sexy as evil succubuses could be. They were, at most, half-clothed, and they had delicious, seductive assets to show and they did show them, and it was tantalizing. One reached her arm out to touch the side of my upper arm. She giggled a little bit and sent me a message. I think you're so hot, she said. No, she didn't say it. She sent the message, like, psychically and instantly. The dome was furnished with a desk and many sofas, and a round bed like something you'd find in a honeymoon suite. The materials were quality and plush. There was satin and soft velour, and the colors were mostly black and burgundy. The desk was quality wood, like mahogany, and it had some personal items on it. The best way that I can describe this place is it was like a plush place for high-level-in-the-hierarchy sinister acts to take place. I was unsure what was going to happen here. 
and then I saw a man standing across the dome by the desk. The man was Satan himself. He looked at me directly and sent an instant psychic message. You know you will burn. The message came, and his lips did not move. The message came telepathically. He was looking at me in a mocking way, and these words were just to taunt me, but I felt the fear. That's what fear is. You feel the fear, but you keep going, or you do not back down. He had that belittling, sneering smirk. In this realm, it was like you couldn't hide your thoughts, and you could send and receive messages just by thinking, and there was no need to speak words into the air. Do you want to know how I win? Satan said in an almost endearing way, as if he was warming up and moving closer to me. You're not going to win. I thought, and I meant it. All this glamour and showmanship and this big plush luxurious pleasure dome isn't fooling me. This is hell. I've been here before, and I know the pleasure is just not worth the price. You see, this is how we communicate, Satan thought, and I received the message as though he had spoken it. You can't hide your thoughts, he continued. I know you like my friends, and he tilted his head towards the two succubuses. I will have you, Portland. Do you know how? The message came. No, I thought. That's the thing. I really didn't think that. I know Satan will not have me, but it was a framed question, like a salesman who starts telling you how he will deliver his product. He is assuming the sale. One price I will never pay is my soul. You can tempt me. You can torture me. You can bore me. But my soul is working for the winning team, the team of angels that stayed in heaven. This is how I win. Alcohol, drugs, and pleasure. Satan sent the message. No, and I am not scared of you at all. I thought, sending the message calmly back to him. When I thought that, I felt strong. I felt protected, and that Satan has nothing on me. I will say no to these succubuses, no to the chemicals and drugs, and no to his offerings. And then he looked at me in a mocking disgust. You're not scared at all, you disgusting waste of time. He thought. He sneered and smiled and stood tall. And the energy in me just vanished. All my feelings of strength were just gone. I struggled to just keep on standing up. I couldn't hold my face strong and my being was overwhelmed in a wave of fear and absolute terror. You're going to quit this pathetic act and come to me. Only I can give you what you want. I can manifest your wildest dreams in a snap. He thought and held his hand up and made a snap. Without me, you are just a cattle herded on a grand slave plantation. And he laughed. He was mocking me in a most disrespectful way, but I didn't care. I just wanted the fear to stop. In that moment, I realized where my strength comes from. Jesus, 
Christ, and I tried to think of his name and send it to Satan, but I couldn't say it. It was like I couldn't remember his name. The memories were faded, and my thought circuitry was not working correctly. Satan tilted his head towards me, with his eyes glowing, and sent me these words. That is not how we communicate here. My whole body was almost paralyzed, and the fear was rushing through me. It was like I was falling in darkness and waiting for the ground to hit. I didn't know when it would happen. I felt bites all over my skin. My neck was tight like I was being choked, and I was struggling just to gasp at the air. I tried to use what breath I had to utter the words. I tried to move my physical lips. Satan. I was disgusted that I couldn't say it, so I just closed my eyes. I didn't want to see what was happening. I raised my arms like a Christ figure and tried hard not to be fearful, or at least tried hard not to show my fear. Who do you think you are with your arms up like that? You are making a fool of yourself, you dumbass. I received the message telepathically, even though my eyes were closed. He had an absolutely sneering, condescending, and mocking haughty tone. You're such a dumbass. You can go back and be with your people, he added. And then I heard him sneering and laughing uproariously like when a narcissist delights in another's pain. At that moment, there was some kind of explosion. I don't know what it was because I did not see it, but the sound wave and the pressure wave hit me hard, and then I woke up exactly where I had laid down on the hallway floor in my house. My body temperature was high, and I was sweaty. I felt exhausted and confused. The experience was so real, and now I am just back here in my home. It was all so confusing because Satan told me directly how he plans to win. With that, it was like he was trying to help me by revealing his playbook. I knew there was something about this. It really is a spiritual battle. And I just met with the leadership of the opposition and was offered a deal. I did not accept the offer. I said, no. And now I am back in the 3D physical world, laying on this floor, exhausted, achy all over my body, and just confused and sorting through my thoughts. A surprising feeling I had was that part of me felt really good. Part of me simply appreciated the simple beauty of just waking up on this floor in my own house and being alive and in the mists of common and mundane life. Part of me felt good that I had defiantly looked in the eyes of the opposition's leadership and said, I do not accept your offer. I had some confusing feelings about the whole experience. One was that I was trying to figure out why Satan had told me exactly how he controls me. I wrote it off as some kind of karma deal, like predictive programming when they tell you what they are going to do, 
so that they reduce the karma recoil back on themselves for the consequences of their transgressions. In this case, Satan saying that he controls me with alcohol, drugs, and pleasure made me commit even harder into staying clean and sober. I wanted to clean my eyes and soul, so I pulled a copy of the book and read the lines from 1 Peter 5. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. These words hit really hard, and it felt so true at that moment. Actually, it just keeps on feeling really true in every moment. That week, some strange things started happening in the neighborhood. A red Subaru that I see too often for it to make sense seemed to frequently be waiting on the street in front of my property. I saw it at least five times that week. Once, I walked over to confront the driver, and he just started his engine and calmly drove off before I reached the car. One warm night, I was relaxing in the backyard. There was a strange green flickering light in the area beyond my backyard. I wrote it off as a defective mood lamp or something from a neighbor's house. This is a relatively rural area, so there was plenty of space between the houses. Since Alina, the healer, had cleaned my third eye, I had incredible clarity. Everything seemed so real and so vibrant. My intuition was strong. I knew I was being watched. I knew I was a target. But I felt strong and defiant. I looked up at the night sky and admired the stars. But something caught my eye. A group of stars, maybe about five of them, started to slowly circle. Then they started spinning like a whirlwind. I could not keep my eyes off it. I just stared up at the heavens and witnessed the strangest thing. I didn't know if I was seeing something real or imaginary or some combination of it all from different dimensions. The area where the stars were making that spinning motion flashed brightly in the sky. The air suddenly got cold and I felt a freezing wind. I was too curious to seek warmth inside, so I just stayed there and stared up. And then, instead of light, it seemed to get really dark, darker than the night already was. It was like a shadow was stretching down from the place where the flash happened in my backyard. Then I saw it. At the base of the shadow stretching down from the sky emerged a humanoid shadow that was maybe 18 feet tall. It was very tall, like a giant. And it was shadowy, like it was not made out of flesh, but made out of shadow. I know this is a weird thing to say, but it is the best that I can describe it. My intuition is that it meant no harm to me, and that it didn't even really wish to be there. It was a kind of messenger or laborer from another dimension, and it was just there on an assignment. It moved away and towards that green flickering light in the woods between my house and the nearest neighbor. The tall shadow creature moved quickly and with 
intention, it moved towards the flickering light, and I thought it must be a portal. The flickering light could well be some kind of alien technology that is being used as a portal for transporting objects or energy in and out of here. The tall shadow creature seemed to retrieve the portal and carried it away. I thought perhaps the portal might somehow be there for the purpose of trafficking or transporting humans. The tall shadow creature disappeared in the distance, and the green flickering stopped. I never saw that strange green flickering again after that night. I know this is a strange part of the story, but I think it might somehow have some relevance. But I think it might somehow have some relevance. This concludes part two of the four-part series of Portland's Journey. Part two was a trip to hell, maybe a place some of us know a little bit too well, but we've walked away from that place now. Still, things just keep on being crazy, but we are ready for it, and we have conquered our fear. No fear. In part three, Portland gets a girlfriend, and things just get weirder and weirder until he finally asks her outright, Are you a demon? So be sure to scratch on that like, and scratch on that subscribe, and scratch on that top bell option with all notifications. There are two parts to go in this four-part series. It's been awesome having you visit for this horrible tale. Dusk is a time of transition. It's an owl's wake-up call. As the shadows grow longer and darkness takes over, the only thing to fear is fear itself. You can also catch Smoking Owl Tales on TikTok, Instagram, as well as podcasts, including Anchor, Spotify, and Apple. There are several mind-blowing collaboration stories in the works right now. If you feel the call, give a rip at the subscribe button and scratch at the comments. Stay longer now or catch you on another night very soon because the story goes on and on and on and on.